part of the experiment right here on experimentally radio check us out on experimentally.com hey man it's your old buddy mike o'toole aka michael phelan o'toole hanging out with you this is going to be episode 103 doing my my podcast duty it's my audio odyssey uh talking to artists entertainers and eccentrics here in my weird world in new england and uh where did all this kind of the whole show kind of come about, if not from uh, doing the Experimentally Ill Film Festival? And if I didn't already say it, please go to experimentallyill.com, check out all the shows, over 100 episodes, playing radio with my friends and uh, doing uh, the one-on-one artist interview thing. Uh, and But where did it all come about? It came about from doing the Experimentally Ill Film Festival where we started out at the Coolidge Corner Theater, then we went to the Somerville Theater in Somerville, Mass. Coolidge was in Brookline, Mass. And these are really historic, uh, famous theaters, movie houses, and nothing like the movie-going experience. I'm a film fan. I mean, can you be a filmmaker without being a film fan? I don't think you can. you got to love it. And so anytime I'm invited to go to the movies, uh, when I can, I say yes. Uh, What have we done here on the show? A ton. We've talked to filmmakers who are part of that festival, DIY festival that I do with my buddy Lawrence Ollie. Uh, And so in keeping with that theme, being a fan, when I'm invited, I say yes. And I got to go uh, back in May of 2018. I got to go and uh, see the movie Ghost Bridge, which is a beautiful, super 16 millimeter film by our buddy, the artiste, John Hartman of Real Groovy Films. Uh, and I was invited, and I was invited to hang out with uh, the star of that film, Eric R. Eastman. And uh, that is going to be the uh, talk you're going to hear uh, for the duration of this episode in a minute. We're going to get into it. Um, but in keeping with the whole theme of uh, of uh, the movie-going experience, what do you do when you go to the movies? But check out, uh, you have your feature, but then before that, uh, before our feature, we're going to check out some trailers um, of uh, some of the movies that are relevant to Eric, because not only is he an actor, and uh, Ghost Bridge was actually a recut um, version of of Bridge Crusader that uh, several years ago now was his first feature, uh, having been a trained theater actor, this was his first uh, feature in a lead and the movie rests on his more than capable shoulders, I feel like. And uh, 
And uh, if you didn't get to see it, we're going we're gonna to hear that trailer. We're going to talk to him about it. Um, but uh, before that, too, uh, you're going to hear the trailer of uh, not only is he an actor and a producer, but now years later, having done the, the whole thing now uh, for years, he's now a newly minted director. And not only that, an award-winning director. Uh, and we're going to talk uh, to him about his film that's been making the run, doing uh, the rounds on the film festival circuit. It's called Spin the Plate, and you can check more information about that out at spintheplate.com. And uh, we talk about that. We talk about other several other um, sort of uh, 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 wild kind of B-movie uh, projects he's been a part of and um, sundry other topics that we're going to get into. I don't want to give it away. Uh, but I have some, some news, some new, uh, news that I just got from, uh, Eric a couple of days ago, breaking news here. Uh, spin the plate has just been named best full length feature film in the brand new blast off film festival, which is going to be running in October of 2018 concurrently in New York city and Los Angeles. You heard it here first, so uh, congratulations, Eric R. Eastman. He's the man. I can't say it enough. Um, and uh, thanks to Eric, you're going to hear more about something that he and I did together, working on the El Terrifico Faux Grindhouse trailer. Uh, we um, worked together. I've been kind of upgraded to kind of a producer in there. I'm kind of a fledgling actor in there, too, but I ended up being producer kind of taking out some of my audio equipment that I've used for the podcast and kind of doing ADR sessions with uh, some of the actors. Uh, the great real-life presidential candidate, Vermin Supreme, was gracious enough to host us down there. Uh, my friends Chris Kimball and Miss Mary Mack, who've been on this very show in the past and who've supported me in my my weird uh, endeavors and uh, friends' endeavors. Um uh, got together and we rode down to Vermin Supreme's place and we recorded um, lines for the movie El Terrifico, which is a full grindhouse trailer, almost a short feature at this point. And uh, it's kind of, we have our buddy Victor Escazadillo, uh plays kind of a fetishy actor who uh, who was killed in sort of a, a, a strange way. And then uh, we have his lookalike drag queen um, character kind of comes in to uh, replace him. And there's sort of a, there's a, there's, uh, uh, some mob characters, some evil mobsters are backing this film and they're not too happy. And Vermin Supreme, he plays a sort of a villainous version of his character, El Supremo. So stay tuned for that. If you've been following me on Instagram at Michael P. O'Toole on Instagram, you've been seeing those stills, little video clips and stuff that's coming out. Um, we've got a little ways to go more on that. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited about that. And, uh, that's kind of the, that's kind of the latest. And, uh, other than that, I just excited, man, to get to go, um, to have been invited to do this, this kind of, uh, casual interview. And we got to have a little audience there and we, we watched this movie ghost bridge with, uh, Eric and, uh, and company and John, John was, uh, John's kind of doing the nomadic thing. He's always, hopping and bopping around. He went to, he, I think he had just come back from Malibu, California, kind of residing in the, on the beach or in the woods or something, building a shanty or whatever he does. And he, if you want to check out more about John, you go to realgroovyfilms.com or you find him on Facebook, realgroovyfilms.com, realgroovyfilms is on Facebook. 
uh, but he's also been on the podcast now. Several pretty in-depth interviews with John, um, or just you know, conversation. Uh, usually, I get pretty lengthy. This this um, topic, this this talk with Eric uh, goes a while. Um, this was a little bit different. Little you know, one of the first things I really put out there, kind of an on location uh, special feature here. Uh, glad to to get it out to you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, um, I think, um, yeah, to, to be invited and we got to go, this was back at the Somerville theater where, where I had done several of our experimental ill film festivals, taking, you know, DIY independent films, gluing them all together and presenting them with my buddy, Lawrence Holly and our, our friend, the great Quincy Briscoe, who people would know from WBCN, the alternative rock radio station here in Boston. Um, and that just brings back a lot of memories. Uh, so to get to go and be invited and of course I said, yes, checked it out, knocked out, a knocked out a podcast. And I think that's kind of the thing now is to knock them out where and when, uh, I can, I, I, I always love to though, when I can do the real sit downs. And I think this is a real, you know, get a real taste and a real treat, uh, here. Uh, to get what we got. I'm proud of it. And, uh, I enjoyed it. And um, we did uh, kind of congregated around the Museum of Bad Art. Uh, they have a Museum of Bad Art exhibit at the uh, the Somerville Theater that's right outside of that particular uh, movie theater. And uh, I, I think uh, that really kind of sets the scene, sets the tone. We also, we had a uh, Matthew Martino uh, was there, who was actually, it was an actor, plays a small part in uh, in uh, Ghostbridge. He plays Sir Michael, I believe, one of the knights, because uh, Ghostbridge is about kind of, you know, you have uh, Sir Eric, you know, and we have Eric, uh, Eric's character, Eric, who's a biker, uh, kind of an artist type, kind of based off of our buddy John Hartman, who, who's a... Uh, an eclectic artist who, you know, draw, uh, draws and sketches. And also you'll see him doing some music there, uh, uh, playing on the, on the guitar. And he also does, uh, some filming, some, um, some, uh, super eight, uh, filmmaking. This character does clearly based on John. I think, uh, John had sort of initially kind of cherry picked him for the role too. Not only this, this great training and, uh, really, uh, you know, committed to the cause, uh, as we'll talk about, uh, he, uh, also kind of had a, uh, aesthetic resemblance to, uh, John, uh, long hair, the beard, uh, that whole bit. And uh, I think that it helped him as well. And it's sort of become this years long now, you know, collaboration. Uh, yeah. And, and Eric is also of course in the, um, the El Terrifico trailer, uh, and some are also in the feature length, uh, piece that John is doing, uh, super eight film and, a, and also, uh, super VHS, um, video spliced together. And that is the feature is the shackling also starring Victor and myself and a bunch of weird, uh, myself and a bunch of weird bit, bit parts, um, really doing some, some far out, uh, character acting, uh, and, uh, Eric's in there and Eric plays the fixer. Um, and he, in, uh, El Terrifico and, uh, yeah, he, who is kind of like, um, El Supremo, the bad guy, Verma Supreme's character. He's, that's, he's kind of like his enforcer who eventually of course ends up 
switching sides. But you'll you'll have to stay tuned for that. Uh, keep it keep it locked. Keep find a real groovy films on YouTube and stay tuned. Um, Michael Piotol on Instagram again. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, you're gonna dig this one. Thanks to Eric. Congratulations again. Check out Spin the Plate. Uh, we'll talk about that too. Um, Ghost Bridge, man. It's almost like a romance novel, really. Um, and again, you'll hear more about it in our talk. Um, and I, I mentioned Matthew Martino. He was there to support the movie, but also he, he was doing some video and kind of some behind-the-scenes stuff uh, too um, for us. But this is the official release for me for this show. Um, and uh, the Experimental Eel edition, uh, if you will. And uh, so um, check it out. Check it out. And uh, thank you. Uh, congrats, man. Congrats to that cast of Spin the Plate. A little more serious topic. I, th- I think uh, Ghost Bridge is kind of like a romance novel, really. Um, I don't know if I said that already. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're going to um, we're gonna uh, just keep on plugging away. Uh, I think uh, Spin the Plate. Heavier, heavier topic. Romantic comedy, but sort of... Uh, Heavy topic in there, uh, heavy material that's really uh, touching people. So, congrats to the cast and crew of uh, of Spin the Plate, and uh, congrats to Eric R. Eastman. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's uh, check out those trailers. I've got some special oil. What did you say? Jesus loves you, you know? Jesus freak. Really, Francis? That's the best you got? He's coming by work, and he wants to take you out. I'm pretty sure that's what normal people do. I'm not normal. Give me ten bucks if you kick this homeless prick in the face. Are you strange or something? Kinda. In a good way. I'm Francis. So do you have any brothers or sisters? No. Have you ever thought about legal action? How many incidents in all would you say? 128 times. If your father was in Florida with your mother on Easter, how could he be in Belmont raping you the very same day? Francis, you know you have to tell her. I will, when the time is right. The five million that we need is going to save tens of thousands of lives. We can fund you. (laughs) Thank you. You liar!
as the lifetimes pass. Our love binds us always as soulmates. She's stuck in the astral world. I suspect an unhappy truth lies within the old footage from the covered bridges. I had never viewed those reels because of it. Part of me is in complete denial that I could be in love with a spectral soul. But it looked like you two be soulmates. Real connected. If I don't reach her, I shall go mad. Until she be free, you ain't gonna be free either. We do. Ready to go? Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Mike O'Toole with ExperimentallyIll.com. We're here with the man, Eric R. Eastman, actor, producer, director. And uh, we're here doing. We're here at the Somerville Theater on location, Somerville, Mass., May uh, 17th, 2018. Uh, we just checked out Ghost Bridge yeah. by our buddy, uh, auteur, the artiste, Mr. John Hartman. Uh, and, uh, My name's John. <laughs> I know. Thanks for helping out. John, Got a little audience John here. John Arturo. John Arturo. That's right. So what do you what do you think? Have you seen this? Was uh, it was originally? I guess I guess give us. We'll I'll let you give a little bit of a backstory. But this was uh, Bridge Crusader, an earlier film. Well, yeah. And this was kind of recut. Now it's Ghost Bridge. Had you had you seen this whole thing? And what do you, did you think of the film that we just watched? Well, I, I I saw it with fresh eyes because it's been a while. It's been a long while, and it's. I mean, this project is is always going to be sacred to me and very near and dear to my heart as cliched as that sounds, but I, I really do credit John and, and our producer, Z Zarbach, with having introduced me to a whole new world of expression, which I literally didn't have in my life experience at all. I was a stage actor, mostly an amateur, you know, local, and, but I'd been, it was my passion. I did it for years and years and years. And then when media production came into my life, thanks to John, who found me, believe it or not, on MySpace. This is, this is pre-Facebook stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in summer of 06. And he made this this proposition that was really intriguing, which was, I want to come to New England. I'm in Denver, but I want to come to New England and, and make this movie with you. you. You seem to fit the bill. You're the right type. And I see that you have some experience. So he, he put a lot of faith um, in me, and, and that was flattering. And uh, so I put my life on hold for 
you know, two weeks to a month or whatever it was in October of 06. And he and Z, you know, that's, that's a skeleton crew by any definition, right? You know, two people um, came to New England and, and at, at times stayed at my place and other times not. And, and we, uh, we just did this, what was originally intended to be an experimental film based on some German expressionistic you know, shooting styles. And, and this was based on a short, too. There was a short, Emily's Bridge. Yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. The original in- inspiration behind Emily's Bridge, um, John shared with us at the beginning of Bridge... Uh, I keep calling it Bridge Crusader because that's its original title of Ghost Bridge this evening. And Emily's Bridge is just based on the idea that, that there was a woman who uh, had a suitor, you know, somebody who was courting her, and who promised to meet her at a particular bridge in uh, Stowe, Vermont? Is it Stowe, Vermont, John? Right. Yeah. And um, she, you know, they agreed to meet at night and then run away in a lope or whatever, and, and uh, he didn't show up, so she hung herself. Reputedly, reputedly. That's what, that's what the, the uh, rural legend says. And so we actually did do a, uh, a version of Emily's Bridge based on that exact story. We went back there with the key actors from Bridge Crusader, a.k.a. Ghost Bridge, and we literally shot our version of Emily's Bridge, which was the legend that gave rise to the to Bridge Crusader in the first place. So um, Bridge Crusader came out of the very active uh, imagination of, of John Hartman, and, and this was his vision from the start. Mm-hmm. I was just on for the ride, and, and I was really a novice in media production. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I really learned a ton from him and I know, I know I may sound a little worshipful here but that's because I'm I'm feel, I'm feeling very whimsical about the fact that this film and and you're seeing the it's quite the quite the visual flair John Hartman has I think you you lucked out I mean for your first, this was your first uh, film and it was shot on uh, 16 millimeter, right? Yeah, it looks man. great, man. Yeah, super, yeah. super 16, 16 millimeter. So that's why the colors are so rich and all that. And you just saw an example. You are seeing an example of John's Gonzo filmmaking style, which was really the visual artiste. He totally is. <laughs> so that inspired me to pursue media production, and I've never looked back. And I've stayed involved in media production since. It's been great. It's been a great ride. I love it. Sometimes you get paid. Most times not. So what? We're artists. We love what we do. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that, that elusive dream of breaking into the big time, I think a lot of people have it. But I'm kind of passe about that idea. I just want a body of work I can be proud of that will withstand the test of time. And I think Bridge Crusader, a.k.a. Ghost Bridge, does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have quite an extensive, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, training. Maybe we can talk about that. I mean, what we see from you in, in this film where, like, there's uh, some sword play and yeah, there's... You're riding your, your, that great motorcycle, and there's a ton of yeah, playing the guitar. You're a man of many talents. I've done a lot of stuff. I've done music. I did music for a lot of years when I was a much younger person, and, mm-hmm. and uh, still love it. That, that very guitar with a Ramones sticker. Nice. That <laughs> acoustic guitar is still in my house. Despite the fact, you just said when I was a much younger person, but if you look at Eric, he's, he's holding up pretty well while... For, for a guy that's receiving regular mailings from AARP, yeah, yeah I'd yeah. say. He's holding up pretty well, and, and there easily could be a sequel to Bridge Crusader. Oh, oh, that'd be interesting, because if you watch Ghost Bridge, there's a real resolution that comes to my character in it, and he feels relieved of his, of his duty and his quest, right? It's completed. So you would have to be some other kind of uh, crusader, perhaps You'd a spiritual. You'd have to guide the next Bridge yeah. Like Obi Wan. Yeah. I love. Right. See, this is why Matt. You get a cool death scene. I'm not kidding. Look, you still. That's a great idea. You 
it's a wonderful idea. What I'm saying is, and and the vision was reborn right here. You were here first. What I'm saying is that I think Eric R. Eastman still has a leading man status. I still think you look good enough. Coming from John Harvey, that's the highest praise. That could have come from Clint Eastwood, and it wouldn't mean more to me than coming from you. Because I'm a visual artist, I can see that you still have it. You still have some miles left in you, dude. Dude, word up. Word to the Buddha. Let's not just, like, on the outside. I mean, kind of, you have, like, an, an ageless thing going on to kind of motivate people who are, like, they think they're too old or they, or they can't do this or that. I want to check, check out the film that you're a director now, a film director, right? Spin the Plate. Tell me about that. Didn't you just win an award? As cruel fate has it, yes, I somehow missed. That's this year or last year, right? Director. Um, yeah, no, well, no. So over the last five years, really, the better part of the last half a decade was invested in large part, for me anyway, into the film uh, Spin the Plate, which was written by a friend of mine who I knew from theater circles, from doing theater. He's a playwright, an award-winning playwright. He's worked with Ernest Thompson. He's trained with Ernest Thompson, who won the Oscar for writing the screenplay for, and the play, of On Golden Pond. So he's famous for that. He lives in New Hampshire. He's a native son. The guy that wrote Spin the Plate has studied with him a lot and learned a lot from him. And he himself has won awards as a playwright. So he rendered his wife's novel, which had already won awards in women's literature, uh, called Spin the Plate, as a screenplay. It really presented more as a stage play, because that's what he knows. That's his craft. So I had to get at it and work with it and, and massage it and turn it into a screenplay. And ultimately, we, we produced it in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and in the years since, we've been in post-production because it's indie film. And if you don't have millions of dollars, you need time. <laughs> you know, you lack money, you need time. So that's what we did. And, and it went off. Ultimately, it got completed early this year. We submitted it to film festivals. It was accepted at one, which is, was a local festival, the Boston International Film Festival. And that was a blessing, just being accepted, because they get thousands of submissions from all over the world. And it's screened, and, and as luck has it, they loved the story because it had so much soul, so much, that I and the lead actress both received the equivalent of basically the silver medal in each of our respective categories. Mm -hmm. um, so it was humbling as hell because, you know, I'm surrounded by people that I consider to be better film directors by a million miles. And I mean that sincerely to everybody in the room. And I, I really do feel like the student, honest to God. But I do know characters. And those of, us that, those of you that have worked with me as an actor know that I love, love my characters. Right. We did a little bit of uh, something uh, with John last Sunday. And, I can, yeah. and I've, I've seen you several times the way you help kind of choreograph those fight scenes. And you're sure. always asking, asking the right questions, I think, as an actor. I can definitely tell you, take it. You have the right balance of taking it seriously, but not too seriously. You kind of know yeah. what to focus on. You take on. the work seriously. Yeah. You don't take yourself seriously. Mm -hmm. You can't. If, if people catch a whiff of you taking yourself too seriously on set, they're going to shut down and be less receptive to what you have to contribute because you know there will be static there. That's no good. You can't trigger egos. What you want to do is enable your teammates. And I know that sounds awfully kumbaya, and maybe it is, but look, filmmaking is a collaborative process, and the moment you lose sight of that, you've become a less, uh, uh, a less vital link in the chain. So you've got to be that person who enables those around you to, to optimize what they have to offer. Mm -hmm.
So. Bring out the best in other people. Yeah. Let, let people know a little bit about like what Spin the Plate is about, the, the plot of that. It's kind of some sure. kind of misfits that meet each other, right? <laughs> well said. Well said, yeah. It relates to what we're doing here, kind of like connecting the, yeah. the, the outsider artist types, yeah. eccentric artists, correct? Sure. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's two people that meet each other. So it is a rom-com, but it's a dark-as-hell rom-com. And it's based in Boston, so Boston is really the, the third major character. The, so for me, as a director, the film in general was an homage to the city of my birth, Boston. I was born in 1963 at Boston, at, at Mass General. So, and I always grew up in the environs of Boston, in the suburbs. So it's my city. And so for me, it was a love letter to Boston, number one. Um, but the story itself is about a woman overcoming the scars of childhood abuse, profound, ongoing childhood abuse, which when you lay that on people, like you know the elevator pitch, you know they kind of pull back because they're thinking, I just wanted to be entertained. I don't want to be preached at. I don't want to have my heart broken, you know. But it's, you get all that. You get, you get the broken heart, you get laughs, and you get redemption, and, and there's, it's a ride. It's a great ride. So I got, I got a beautiful story handed to me, gift-wrapped, and I was invited to direct this thing because they knew me from theater, and it was very humbling, like I said, but it was an opportunity to really stretch and I think it turned out well. It took us a long time to finish it because post-production is arduous if you don't have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You know, professional studio time, the whole nine. So, but we did it. We finished. So you think kind of having been an actor uh, and, and not been familiar with film and then having that experience now, you think you can kind of, was it, did you kind of, could you could kind of relate to the actors on that set more than maybe somebody who didn't have that experience? You know, like you can yeah. connect with them, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I likened it to, this is kind of a weird metaphor, but instead of being one of the kids at the daycare, now you're running the daycare. <laughs> so you better have some empathy for every kid on their level individually. Yeah. And if you can't, then you shouldn't run the daycare. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so were you, did you ever you yeah, saw, really get up inside every character and understand the relationships and the and and the emotional geometry that exists mm-hmm. all the time? So. Did, you, did you appear in the the film at all as an actor? There may be a cameo <laughs> of a psycho hippie at the at the at the Boston Gardens uh, on the Common wearing an American flag T-shirt, but I won't I won't attest to that. You'll have yeah. to look for yourself. Yeah. I was going to say, it could be a positive thing, but then maybe you're watching it as a director and then be like, well, if I was acting that, I might play it a little differently or maybe, you know, maybe. Yeah, well, I I had originally visualized my cameo and I wanted a cameo because Stephen King does that too. He shows up in his films and so does Stan Lee of Marvel Comics. They just like, I got to have my cameo. Um, The king of cameos, Stan Lee. Big time, yeah. I was going to be a short order cook who was pissed off all the time with flies and a hairnet and stuff like that and scowling at the order that my character had, had submitted. But that ended up never manifesting itself, so I just did a quick walk on and that was it. But, mm-hmm. but that's not the highlight of the film, I, I assure you. I had some marvelous actors. Becky Dennis, who plays the lead, and she's from the Boston area. She grew up in Andover, Mass., which is the town I lived in when I was in elementary school. So we're, you know, we're, we're homies, mm-hmm. right? And she's in L.A. now with her husband, and she's pursuing a career in, in the big time. She's appearing on TV with regularity. The TV show Speechless, which uh, stars Minnie Driver. Um, it's about, you know, a mother trying to keep the family together, and one of her kids is, is wheelchair-bound and only communicates with a computer. So it's, it's, it's a show with a lot of heart, and she makes regular appearances on that TV show, mm-hmm. from what I understand, um, and other shows, too. So she's really a pro. 
And Becky brought it on set every single shoot day. And there were about 38 shoot days. And she was always on point, on time, in character, and ready to deliver the emotional context accurately. So she was the most reliable. She was a dream come true as an actor to work with. I learned from her about professionalism and preparedness. Mm. Um, and like the character, her character in that film, doesn't she? She experiences some sexual abuse, right? Is that uh, in the, that's in yeah. that's in her in her background, or maybe we see past. that in the film? Yeah, that's yeah. Correct. So that's and something pretty pretty intense to have to bring, you know, as an actor, right? Super intense. Yeah, and she so she's contending with that burden and with those inner demons in her daily life. She's just walking to work. And memory number 39 pops into her head from one of the many incidents that she can't get out of her, 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 her soul, mm-hmm. right? And we literally had to film, as tastefully as we could, a sort of a montage of what those incidents were like. And we had a young actress, a juvenile, juvenile young lady who was very talented, um, uh, named, was it Nubia is her mother's name, Saramiento is her last name, um, uh, people of, of Latin descent, so it was great because I could talk speak, speak Spanish with them on set. That's right. You know a couple of different languages, right? Well, so Spanish, Spanish, yeah. And I was able to communicate with the parents, and it was a very sensitive matter because we're filming some tough right. stuff. I would think too, like you kind of said, as an independent film, my thought would be like, man, yeah, not only like it's a tough sell that kind of content, wow. but now you have to like, how do they deal with, you know, in the bigger bigger productions? How do you how do you kind right. of deal with like? Hey, parents, we're going <laughs> to bring in your young actor. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, we really had to do it tastefully. And, and God bless him, the marvelous actor uh, that we had playing the dad. Um, just he brought so much sensitivity to the role and made him three-dimensional and not just this abusive monster, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that was really great. So, uh, you know, he worked well with, with, the, with the young actress. And once we cut it all together... I'll tell you, there's tears in the theater. Every time it's been screened, I, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. Um, because it's so touching. What she actually went through and what she has to overcome to get to a place in life where she can just conduct her life without bitterness and anger and, and, and the burden. Mm-hmm. So um, it kind of kind of becomes like an unconventional love story. Is that right? Well or would you say, yeah. Very well said. But I don't want to give any spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Sure, and there's sure. a big secret that gets disclosed later, which is a huge life changer. It's a giant game changer. And suffice it to say that the film, based on that fact, necessitated having corpor- a corporate jet, you know, $7 million corporate jet, which we got as a prop. Wait, well, say, that again. say, say that again? What, what, how did, how did you manage this? Um, a helicopter. We had a gun. She packed a gun for a little while, but it was a fake. But it, it adds a little spice. Uh, we had the T, both the trains and the subway. We had a high-rise, professional high-rise that overlooks Government Center, the Zakem Bridge, and the, the bloody uh, harbor. So we had a lot of high-ticket settings that we... So was this kind of run-and-gun style, or did you get... No, no, should we? planned. I mean, yep. I mean Raja, Raja Samaru was our cinematographer, and he's, he's a real pro. He's a real pro. So it was planned. We had a shot list, and uh, he and I... You know, we even had a sort of a makeshift storyboard, even though I was so new and I was so stupid that my storyboard was next door to useless. At, you know, when we, <laughs> yeah. I learned a lot. Well, obviously, it worked. You're winning awards and stuff, right? So it's, it's working out, right? I, I guess. I, I don't want to. And you're, you're touching people. You're touching I audiences. More about some, I, I don't want to. 
Well, it's not about that, but you, the award right. I'm honored. I'm really honored. But it's just a subjective opinion of a small handful of people saying this is a vital story about a vital subject that got told well. It touched us, and we want to honor you for that. And I thank them for that. But I don't want to make more out of you know an award at a festival without diminishing it, for which I'm very grateful, because it's not about that. It's about will this story reach people, touch lives, and and will they walk out of the theater changed? Mm-hmm. Certainly, and people who've people who've lived that experience, been through some trauma. They've come up to me. They've come up to me. They've come up to the to the to the novelist Donna, maybe because she's female, you know, so they could felt they could reach out to her more. Um, and it was really difficult for me to tell it because I, you know, I did have a sexual abuse event that took place in my life when I was seventeen, and I was mm-hmm. I was subdued by a man who was a big heavy man and. And, and he had his way. You know, it didn't, it didn't go too far, but it was enough to leave a scar and piss me off. But it didn't leave the kind of scar that, that, that screws you up for life, at least in my case. I guess, I guess I was able to shrug it off and just say, oh, yeah, what, a, what an a-hole, you know. Well, what a jerk. <laughs> I guess I won't grow up to be like that. Um, but I knew what that was. I knew what Did it was bring- to be powerless. I knew what it was to be, to be controlled. Right. So you kind of bring, and bring that to the... And nobody knew that. And this is, by the way, I'm disclosing this for the first time publicly. I've never said this out loud publicly, but I did tell it to Becky when we were on set and it blew her mind. Go there herself. herself. Exactly. So I wanted her to trust my direction Mm -hmm. as a as an experienced actor who had some life experiences that would dovetail into the job she had to do. Mm. So so the, the results. I hope speak for themselves mm. as long as people come away from the movie feeling uh, I guess I'll use the word empowered but the words overused mm. empowerment mm. Whatever, whatever but what do I do with that what yeah, do I, now that I have the power what do I, I power, right exactly well, in your case, you went and you made a you went and you made a film. Exactly. Years later, you were able to like do something with yeah, that negative I, I thing and make it, it into a positive. I needed to exercise any demons. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was convenient that I had that experience to reference. It was convenient. I think for those for the artiste, it's like they got to say, you know, an artist, you know, you're saying the thing that other people maybe can't say. And so when an audience member, that's you're true. like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's, true. that's what I'm feeling. Well, that's yeah. why I'm bringing it up and I'm saying it out loud because it's relevant and it. Yeah, it, I appreciate you opening up about that. Credence. Yeah. Well, yeah. you heard it here first. Ah, great. But it it adds credence to the story. I say, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Mike, yeah. Perhaps you should act. You should ask uh, Eric, Eric R. Eastman about the Quest for the Indies. That's right. I think as <laughs> a big. Joe's like enough about the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, he's right. He's right. That's right. I think uh, I I was a fan um, myself and my my good buddy Lawrence Holly, who's a filmmaker. He's all he's he's out, he's out there in L.A. now. Uh, we did the Experimental Eel Film Festival, and I and and our buddy John Hartman had submitted to our festival, and that's how I so I was like a fan of John Hartman first. I was like, well, this Without is this doubt. is yeah. really interesting uh, visually, and uh, this is really compelling overall. And I think. Uh, Quest for the Indie Tube was probably one of the first things that myself and right. my best friend Lawrence sat down and, and we watched. And, and you're in there, yeah, quite a quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> Let's I tell was... us about that experience. Okay, I mean, you know, I, I was a I was a John fan, of course, since we did Bridge Crusader. And then when he came to me with with this project, it was a no brainer. It was like, yeah, of course, you know, where and when? What do you need? Um, and he gave me a character name that rhymes with my last name, Eastman, 
And so, Mike, isn't are you Doctor Beastman or something? Yeah, so that, that, that's that was pretty cool. And I had a big old beard, um, so that that worked well. I had the kind of manic, uh, you know, kind of crazy guy thing going on. And I was I was an oppressive character. I was a person who was trying to control uh, the, the world of the indie tube. I was trying to basically oppress free expression, op- open, free, uh, unfettered expression. Mm-hmm. My goal was to, you know, clamp down on that stuff. That was my mm-hmm. character's deal. Um, and we had some really cool situations that I was allowed to explore. Mm-hmm. Wasn't uh, there, there was the pink belly torture scene. Yeah. <laughs> pink belly torture. Pink belly torture. Yeah. Uh, that's right. That's yeah. yeah so that's probably how I first saw you is, uh, doing that face. I this crown out of broken shards of a mirror, and stuffed it down on my head like the crown of thorns. And we, <laughs> this is in Sturbridge. We're shooting this thing, and, uh, and we we were. It was green screen, so it was. Uh, I was in a fixed position. I couldn't move. Um, and I've got the crown of thorns, you know, sitting here. <laughs> but it looked freaking cool. It looked cool, and it was just like this mirror sort of. Yeah, those kind of kind of trippy visuals there. And yeah, that's right. It was doing all this stuff. See, that's the thing is, John's unafraid to to play with visual impressions and mm-hmm. and to become impressionistic as hell, in the midst of an actual story arc, which mm-hmm. is a cool sort of juxtaposition, mm-hmm. um, and which is why it's hard not to like his work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun and. Indy 2 was cool. We actually, John's in the room, so I'm going to look over and go. We, we were doing pickup photography for Indy 2 for years, were we not? Like two or three years? Quest for the Indy 2 was a work in progress, just the way Bridge Crusader was. And that's, I didn't have a real tight script, so uh, we just kept adding and adding and subtracting as needed. Yeah. I mean, really, if you think about it, Bridge Crusader took until 2013, until Ghost Bridge came out. It took that long. Right. To actually finish it and finalize it that's that's a seven and a half year stretch yeah so um, yeah. quest for the indy tube took from 2009 until 2011 i almost trashed it because i wasn't happy with it so i did two things wasn't it originally meant to be a web series or sort of a series was, that then was, was a feature web series originally but uh, somehow people didn't grasp it as well so i decided to make it a feature and i'm not sure if that worked out better or not um it does, has not achieved a great deal of notoriety well, for me, it has me and it's me and Lawrence. That's a great. It's a great. It's midnight movie stuff, man. Like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you need about another ten thousand like you. Won't do. Right, right. <laughs> well, well, I mean, be a better yeah. place if there were. It doesn't work out that way. Reaching the audience uh, when you go so far on the fringe is not easy. Right, right. So. I think with Ghostbridge, that was kind of the. Did he lose battery? I'm dead. With uh. Oh damn. We'll do a few more minutes. Um, yeah, with uh, with uh. Uh, yeah, there, is, I've done a bunch of projects with John. Indy too. Hello, John. Yay! <laughs> Bill, please, you know, yeah, elucidate. Em- Emily's Bridge. Emily's Bridge was great. And the funny thing was we Indy did too. Emily's Bridge after Bridge Crusader was done. After born. Bridge Crusader was done in 2009, we did Emily's Bridge, just as paying um, homage to the uh, project. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. Yeah. I thought Emily's Bridge was a great short. That kind of, it's it, it, it sad. Actually, it's a sad love story. Legend. Now, so. you know what? It is a legend. It's an urban legend, and that's why it was selected to the, to the Hungarian Super 8 Film Festival. It was actually selected because it's a popular topic. And it was an in-camera edit. And if I was smart enough, Bridge Crusader would have been about Emily because there's a built-in audience. But I wasn't smart enough. Mm-hmm. I just, sort of, just sort of based I on that. I fucked up. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't know. I'm going to contend with that, but it's, that's, 
You're the artist speaking about your work, so go Absolutely. ahead. But I don't know if you did. You're talking about from a commercial standpoint, yes, or yes. okay, all right. Yes. Uh, well, taking risks. I think they both stand alone um, on their own really well. Yeah, yeah, of course so. they do. But more people will see Emily's Bridge because there's already, you know, there's the algorithms and all that that's stuff. That's a known yeah. legend already. That's Correct. a story. Yeah. That's so just like the yeah. Dudley Town Curse, it's, it's a known legend. So it's that's another good project we did together. Oh, that's right. Which you were in the Dudley Town Curse. In a big way. Yeah, I was Sorry. actually played Edmund Dudley. You played Edmund freaking Dudley. That's true. I, I forgot. Did. I actually liked that footage. I liked what we got. Yeah. Um, I liked my performance. I'm Dr. usually pretty Patrick critical and unhappy with what I see because oh. artists do that to themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I liked it. I actually thought, yeah, I really kind of nailed this guy. His indignance, his dignity, yeah. and um, the fact that he was resigned to his fate and uh, all that. Doug so. Kirkpatrick enjoyed it as well. Good. Thought it was good. And then there was Light of Knowing. You fought with uh, Brandon for Light of Knowing. Oh, Brandon. See, Brandon was, he was one of the warriors, one of the, uh, one of the knights in Bridge Crusader, right. in, in Ghost Bridge. Ghost Bridge, we he, see kind of the, the red two different lives of the character, right? The modern day and then. Yeah, and right. then his past life. That's right. It's, see, it's see Ghostbridge, the 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 new version, conveyed that. It's a little more so clear. He gets it. And see, then there's a, the this film is a good that thing. never happened because I didn't put film in the camera, and so Eric showed <laughs> up is, at, in Gloucester, Massachusetts, to do a film in 2010, but I didn't put oh, freaking princess. Yeah. I always have suspicion that you don't have any film in the camera. <laughs> we were shooting. This has happened. This is this has happened. We literally spent a, an entire afternoon. Yeah. In yeah. a day at a great location shooting there's, nothing. The castle in Gloucester. Quite nice. Yeah, Quite it was nice. a nice yeah. little fairy tale script. Oh, beautiful. We even worked out a fight with a sword fighting, oh, and a, he right. brought in a friend from California who was very talented. Uh, Colorado. Colorado. But the problem is, guy. I took out the film to show young Amico, who was 17, a photographer, who just yeah. happened to be there, and I didn't put the film back in the camera. So, right. right. There you have it. Feud Angel never happened with Eric Eastman. It had to be shot again um, when I was sure I had filmed. <laughs> in the camera. Well, we got a lot of still frame, still photography. Well, taking, ri taking risks as an artist. I, I yeah. want to talk about like something like a little, little, maybe a little more fun that you've like had taken some, some, some might say is a risk uh, as an artist. Uh, and I think some of the filmmakers is were Brina here, still were here tonight. Yeah. Brina? But uh, yeah. we're going to talk about the, uh, right. I was looking at the IMDB page. I'm like, what is transsexuals from outer space? Is that the, well, uh, transsexuals from space. Funny thing you would bring it up, and I'll tell you why. Because the visionary and creator of Transsexuals from Space happens to be in the room. Have we, uh, have we lost camera? No, it should still go. Battery's still chugging on that one? Those GoPros are... That's weird. I have an extra can battery, honored too. by your presence? We're going to talk about transsexuals from space. Yay. Michael has asked me about that, and I, I, I feel blessed that the creator is here. Transsexual, sexual, sexual. Look at her crossing her arms. From space, 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 space. Transsexual, sexual, sexual, from space. Should got John to do the intro for that. qualified to comment on. I was just one of your actors. You were uh, we have one of the actors from uh, the cat. Dronedia. Dronedia too. He was a principal in the film, so don't feel unqualified okay. to speak out. Because, uh, Hartinia. Uh, I'm sorry, Hartinia. Yes. Yeah, oh. it's been a this was your character? Own, <laughs> don't start with me now. Oh, see but you. yeah, since you were one of the, um, one of the lead characters, that's, 
It's not like you're not qualified to speak on the film. And, okay, fair enough. I'll accept that. But I was a damn fool in that. I signed up for, for a full weekend acting workshop on the same weekend that we were shooting principal photography, which was very silly of me. Yeah, we shot around. I, everything I know. Worked. Everybody everything had to tolerate worked. my flitting in and out and getting on makeup, get out of makeup, and going back to Boston, but we made it work, right? Right. Yep, we did. So, yeah. So who do you, who do you play in that, in that film? Cartoon is the name of the character, and she is a girly girl, um, very much a girly girl, and she, uh, she has a fondness for... for um, uh, space age automatic uh, masturbatory devices, it, in particular, and inventing new words in the, that are in the general lexicon. <laughs> that are now in the general lexicon. She's she has a, a gift for that, and and yeah, yeah. and expressions like the word bling, bling, <laughs> bling, bling. <gasps> yeah, and uh, it is what it is. I like that. So. She's got. She likes. She's. She's a bit of a a, a cunning linguist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's that. <laughs> Sorry, John missed that one. He's usually yeah, yeah. one for the wordplay with that. Yeah. that. Uh, Along with the plucky comedy relief as well. That's right. So she. Yeah. She's a handful. Hartinia. She's. She's very much a, a close cousin to, to a very important part of me in, in alter ego, uh, that definitely lives within me and sometimes lives out in the open and her name's Erica um, and Erica got to play it was actually Erica that showed up on set and this is true it was she that so fully in fully in this and other Erica personality the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> it just made the whole it helped to make the whole character complete yeah that's there's a lot of hair <laughs> and we are I mean we have this 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 classic house that the toll house the which we were the Toll House cookies that made them famous. Yeah, we shot in the Toll House, literally. Where is that located? It's in Whitman, Mass. Yep, so Mass. So we we literally shot transsexuals from space in the Toll House of Toll House cookie fame. So there's a little anecdote for you to for you to chew on there. So do they kind of offer you this role, knowing kind of your your background? Or Rena wanted to throw me a challenge, but she also I think wanted to throw me a bone. <laughs> what, Eric wanted more film credits because Eric was known for mm -hmm. his theater work, it, a, a good background in theater. And, and the macho and, stuff. Yeah, and you know, the, Eric always said, I, I, I'm looking for more theater work. and More film work. And more, more film work. And Eric, by the way, is one of the only actors I know that can do a 90-line monologue in one take. I, I would that's your resume. such a difficult time myself doing that. I would have to be camera cuts back and forth after every 15 lines. It's, the, it's all the but theory. Did, um, yeah. was the, um, uh, a to, uh, what was the film that you did? Um, the Atomic Brain Invasion? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with the 90-line monologue. Was that was a funny bit. That was, yeah, it was funny. Was and I was, I was just yeah. really... That was all memorized. Dropped Good. dead. Yeah. That one person can do that in one angle. Try doing it some Shakespeare. It it's wasn't. <laughs> Mr. Burton could do it, but that's about it. Well, this is—I'm cross-trained because I've done a ton of Shakespeare. So I mean, you and learn these. Yeah, because I could definitely get that vibe from the classically trained actor. A ton of it. Yeah, yeah. It was but one it's one camera angle. It wasn't cut. So it was how long did it take you to? Did you? One <laughs> yeah. What's the trick to memorizing? Yeah, it was like a one that. take. Yeah, it did was. You practice? 
Um, well, I wasn't reading, so no, of course I had to memorize it. So, okay. yeah. But and did you practice delivering that prior to the show? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you delivered it on set in one, one take, which doesn't happen that easy. No. So yeah. 90 lines with one camera cut, you can imagine that you can always dub it if you move mm -hmm. the camera, get a couple of angles, but with one camera shot to get 90 line, you know that it's accurate and there was no prompter. Well, I, I had a great director too. I had a great director who worked with me and, and explained what he wanted. His name's Richard Griffin and he's, he's fantastic and, and he, he turns out movies regularly. They're quality, they're entertaining, they're audacious, they're over the top and people like him and, what was, what and he gets for? distribution regularly. So then the thing is, he he finishes and he gets it out there, mm. um, and that's what he's one of the things he's known for. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. Ted Marr and Richard Griffin. Atomic Brain Invasion. Atomic that's Brain Invasion, invasion is the name of the, the film. Best indie films I've ever seen. And it was just so it was an over the top sort of homage to, you know, the the uh, aliens attack genre. Yeah, so like a B-movie like kind of, yeah, yeah. And stuff. yeah. Totally B-movie, but right, right down Elvis. the line. Nice. Is in Dead it. or Alive. And yeah. you've, got, you've got people at the Sock Hop, and you've got, uh, it's just like, got that 50s vibe. Yep, Take Me to Your Leader. Take Me to Your, mm -hmm. oh, God. We want the Elvis. It's, <laughs> it's just <laughs> funny as hell. He's, he's done a lot of them. Um, uh, Disco Exorcist, he's done none of that. Yeah, um, awesome. Then the list goes on and on. It was really an honor to work yes. with him. I'm not, and I'm, by the way, I'm not blowing smoke there, Richard. You're mm -hmm. tops. So, did you, did you audition, or did you? Uh, um, he knew my work yeah. because I'd gone to a bunch of actors' workshops mm -hmm. in Providence, which is his backyard, uh, in the late 2000s, mm -hmm. um, and got to know a bunch of people there: um, Sarah Nicklin and uh, Mike Reed and and Brandon Lewis Aponte and and. and uh, and Ru Chris Ferrara, Ruth Sullivan, a lot of great actors really came out of that neighborhood mm -hmm. and have gone on to do great things, uh, really great things, going off to L.A. and New York and all that. And um, Richard and Ted still churning out great movies right out of Providence, mm -hmm. as far as I know. So, so I, I want to go back a little bit. Like, how did, So how do you, do you mind uh, talking about kind of how you discovered some of the stuff that we said with the transsexuals from space, how you kind of discover that about yourself? Some of the, How uh, did I discover what you brought to the role? Kind of. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, in the early early two thousands, I had explored uh, cross dressing very, very devotedly for a while. There, it it just was a time in my life when that person needed to emerge. Mm -hmm. And if you ask each person that explores that part of themselves that that is transgender or is fluidly. It has fluid gender inclinations. Everyone's got a different story, and they've got different reasons, and they've got a different path, and they've got a different timetable. And it just was a part of my timetable mm -hmm. at that time to allow that person to emerge and to and find full expression. So I did that and was doing it for a few years. Uh, during that time period, I met Brina. Mm -hmm. um, so that was great and took some inspiration from the people I met, um, which was brings me back to that that overused word empowering right. <laughs> we're able to find some support there well, yeah, totally. yeah. and it didn't that that practice for me didn't didn't last but that person and I'm not going to say character mm -hmm. I borrowed from my capacity to develop a character it wasn't like an actory thing it, or, or no that was I, or I think it's a combination mm -hmm. I think 
Yeah, right. It, but, I mean, I have the capacity to develop a character because I've worked on it for a long time. Yeah. Anybody that practices anything for a long time and you throw in a little talent, they're going to get good right. at it, or right? Say a thousand yeah. hours, Malcolm Gladwell, a thousand hours at anything. At anything, You'll get good yeah. at it. Yeah. I, I personally believe in 10,000 hours. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, well, yeah, so that, that skill set already was there, but the truth of her, of that person, that persona, mm -hmm. was there too and was crying for... For, for some freedom and, and for some some screen time, so to speak, mm -hmm. some some air to breathe. So um, she needed to be given that, and she's never left. But um, I just feel less compelled to to mm -hmm. to. You've kind of done that. You uh, to, to, to cathartic to maybe to yeah yeah. Her. But I will respond if if I Can feel. Uh, I did a couple of moments ago. I know this interview is is going on quite a while, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the spot, but I, I did a little bit when I was quoting Hartinia. I mean, Erica helped Hartinia's part well. She was, yeah, right. All I had to do was access, and I asked it. I actually had to ask Erica what to do in that in that role, and that's why I was able to manifest her so quickly when our timetable was so tight during that production weekend. That's why she it was like turning on a light bulb. Um, because I'd already kind of been there, mm -hmm. and um, she's 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 very much a girly girl. She's mm -hmm. very feminine. And so at that at that time, very, I don't want to say shameless, but she's uh, she has an appetite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So at that time, was that able to be kind of a part of? I know some some people will it'll become part of their daily life, everyday life. Yeah. Other, other people, it'll just be certain certain it'll times. It'll just be a part of them, and mm -hmm. and that's and that's fine, mm -hmm. and and. It's not for anyone else to prescribe how to go about it. Mm -hmm. It's the freedom to, cultural freedom, that needs to be prevalent in our culture mm -hmm. to allow people to walk their path. Mm -hmm. To walk their path, judge. That's a good free. message in general, trying to be general, yeah, creative or do yeah. something outside the it's, box. It's that's kind of the message specific. of what we're doing here. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly right. It's, it's, about, it's about free expression. Being true, true to, to your yourself, heart. true to your destiny, yeah, all that. Yep. So do you feel you've, to kind of wind down a little bit, do you feel you've been uh, true to your heart this path? We've brought us here, we've, we've self-expressed, you know, you've done your film stuff and you've... Yeah, it's weird. It, it, at this point, now having, you know, appeared in public as a director, um, whereas previously I was always one of the actors, just one of the actors, um, and, and proud to be that, and I'm still proud to be that. But... It's causing me to take some inventory and step back and just look at the body of work and feel very proud. And also, I've said humbled already a couple of times, but I mean it uh, because I have so much to learn. I still feel like a toddler. Mm -hmm. I really do. I've been doing this 35 years, maybe longer, and I just feel like I'm a kid with a shiny new toy and I'm still discovering what it is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm just getting started. What did you think of, we can kind of end on the... Uh what we did uh, last Sunday, we went to Vermin Supreme's uh, kind of woodsy compound. That's kind of a kind of a trip, right? And a bunch of uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting characters. Yeah, yeah. It's a trip. Yeah, yeah. It's a trip. It's an instant trip. Yeah. No, he's he's one of the most unique cats I've ever known, and and he's the only uh, presidential candidate who merits mention on my ride. <laughs> even, even though I've been a member of a major Motorcycle. party and yeah. I've been an elected official, state official, and all that kind of stuff, big deal. Um, 
<laughs> you know, and I have this prefix, the honorable, now tacked onto my name that I have, I have to live up to it all. Film with Vermin Supreme, yeah, so a campaign now. ad, essentially, extended Where do you go campaign, from there, right? But yeah, his his bumper sticker is the only one that'll ever make it onto my ride. That's for sure. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool cat. Smart, smart. Yeah. So this is the talk we're talking about. The, we did the El Terrifico trailer, That's and right. of course, John's That's big right. feature, the Shackling. We'll put in a plug: realgroovyfilms.com. R e e l. R e e l. Groovyfilms.com, and on uh, Facebook.com/slash/realgroovyfilms. Consider that to be a home away from home. <laughs> the, the the real groovy universe. For sure. Yeah, I think this is the best. This is kind of what it's all about. This is like the final, kind of the, the culmination. Like, here's the movie on the screen. You know, like, here's... I li- I love, like, the experience of coming and I know it's a niche audience, but it's a little community. We come here and, like, th- there's the movie. And I'm sitting there yeah, we in the that. Somerville Theater with popcorn. Like, this yeah. is what it's all about to me, man. Yeah. It's, it's a childhood dream. I think a lot of us was born in our youth, mm-hmm. you know, because we came up in an age of media. Surrounded by media. Make and pretend. And yeah, and yeah. make believe, but I can do make believe and like appear on this magic, magic tube, you know? The, yeah, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> indie, the indie tube. Um, and I, I could probably do that maybe someday, and, yeah. and, and it's happened. It's happened. And you know what I mean? And people are noticing out in the world that I don't know are going, that touched me. Right. You reach. They're me. connecting somewhere. You may not right. hear from them, but they're there. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. What more do you want? Mm. I mean, yeah, some people make six, seven, eight figures doing this. Some don't. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I'm in the second group, but I'm still doing it. Right. So is John. There you go. That's the message. You got to just get out there and do it, so folks. Yeah. That's right. So uh, I think that was good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Yeah, no Appreciate it. I think he's lost his mind. He's never been like this before. Tonight he's on the road. What did he say? Oh, crazy thing, that he's some kind of a, of a spaceman and that they're taking over the Earth and that we're all going to die. Oh, every time it's faster than the speed of light. Mentally disturbed. When a space agency put me on my touch, don't listen to me. They told me to keep in mind the scientific And what do we know about our data don't listen to him. He's one of us. He's with the advanced units. What kind of advancement, son? Don't fight them, son. We'll only make it more difficult for all of us.